Hello and welcome to another episode of Hopeful Moments Podcast. My name is Hope Boykin and by answering your questions through truth and transparency, sharing my experiences, growing in my own strength, I pray that this message today will be a benefit to someone somewhere. You know, being truly true to who I am, can, and I'm called to be is at the top of my list. And it's so important that each moment we spend together, every one of these moments be full of hope. So I'm ready to talk. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay, let's go. Today, I am super excited to tell you some truths some truths about me. But in today's episode, I will be sharing not just truths about me, but the truth tellers in my life. Not only have these truth tellers made a difference in my life, but they have also changed the lives of so many people. These powerful women, these powerful black women have carved out their own space, their own lanes and made a way for women like me to see any and everything is possible. And as this is the last day of Black History Month, or the last day that is the approved, understanding, um, celebrated, recognized day of Black History Month, because we know that Black History is really every day, I'm thrilled to say that each of these women I'm going to share briefly about have in fact changed the course of our history. They've changed the course of our American history and our Black history. Um, it's it's pretty exciting to think that I am able to give uh, firsthand personal stories about how I have been influenced by these incredible women. And the first one I'm going to tell you about is Joan Myers Brown, who is the founder and current artistic director of Philodango, the Philadelphia Dance Company. What's funny about this woman is that she continues to build and grow her empire of dance in West Philly, and the company is about to celebrate 50 years, and her school is about to celebrate 60 years. She's a mother, she's a grandmother, and to most people who walk in and out of the doors of her school on Preston Street, she is called Aunt Joan. Now, I didn't know what to expect from JB. That's what I've always called her, Joan Brown, um, JB. I didn't know what to expect from her at first, but every day I learned that she had a bigger plan. Something in her sights for the future of her company and her school uh, most of us couldn't really see. She took risks and continues to make groundbreaking choices, (laughs) always to be better for the environment for the young people around her. Now, my real relationship began with her after an audition, but I first met her uh, a year or two before that while I was working and assisting the late Tally Beatty at the American Dance Festival. He was there to um, receive the American Dance Festival Scripps Award, and I was assisting him because I had helped him the year before uh, because the American Dance Festival is in Durham, North Carolina, and I was there helping him um, with his attendance and I was in the work that he was setting at the time and I was able to be a benefit to him. The, I had a car, I was able to drive him around, took him to the grocery store, took him to restaurants. I was basically his go for anything and I listened to his stories about Catherine Dunham. I was really feeling like I was in a good place. So when the American Dance Festival asked me if I could assist him during this time where it was uh, helping him set his work and uh, doing all those same things for him, I was excited. 
Well, I remember the day of the performance, um, Joe Myers Brown told me that I should have done a little bit more research on his style of movement if I was going to represent him on such a big stage. And I looked and I smiled and I said, thank you. But what I didn't know um, at the time, or what I didn't care about what she'd said was that I was chosen. He liked me and that was really all that was important or I thought that was all that was important. Little did I know that I would really get lesson after lesson after lesson on the life and the history and the work of Tally Beatty, but that was to be later. At the audition for Philodenko in 1994, JB invited me to stay and chat for a while. She wanted uh, me to know that she was interested in me, and she would hire me, but that I would have to do some work. I would have to work uh, to be in my very best body before I performed. I said, okay, fine. I didn't really understand what all of that meant, but I was like, she's going to hire me. And as a matter of fact, before truly accepting the job, I reached out to Tally Beatty and he told me that he thought it was a really great choice for me to go to Philodenko, that I was a Philodenko type of dancer. So I was really on my way. But one day I truly found out as other new company members were being taught roles for them very specifically, I was told to learn it all. I never got a real part or a costume that was for me. I took class. I learned the choreography. I traveled with the company for eight months. I did office work. I was in and out of running errands for the dancers that were performing on stage, steaming costumes, helping them um, unload, roll out the floor, roll the floor back up, load up the bus. Um, But I did all of that without performing. Now, the other company members also assisted. There were people who did other things in the organization, but they were also allowed to express themselves on stage, and I did not. For eight months, I sat without performing. I was angry and often very bitter, and I stayed. And now when people ask me about why I stayed, I can't really tell them, but I did. And it wasn't like this thing grew to change. The tide really changed overnight. I don't even remember a buildup or, you know, a get ready, you'll be um, doing this soon, or you should prepare. It was more like, uh, you're going to be dancing tonight. Okay, I'm going to be dancing tonight. There was a rehearsal at that particular university we were performing in to put me in a few sections of, guess who's, Tally Beatty's, a rag of bone and a hank of hair. And I was more excited than you could even imagine. I was about to dance. And that night, my history changed. My history changed that evening. Nothing was ever the same. And wow, I was at home. What I learned uh, during my six years at Philodenko was immeasurable. I fell in love with performing, but I also got to understand um, the inner workings of what running a company was like. Not every single thing, because, you know, uh, JB had been doing this work for so long. So not only did I win awards or get acknowledgement for my work uh, while I was there, I learned the, the really deep way that the organization worked. I sent out flyers and newsletters. I was mailing and um, doing uh Uh, putting labels on envelopes. Uh, I was answering the phones. I was passing on information 
about the schools. I was even the company teacher, which grew into leading residencies for the company. One or two weeks at a time, I was sent away to represent the company in that way, which led to teaching at the University of the Arts, which led to choreographing on a larger scale than I had before because we had Danko on Danko performances and JB would rent out theaters and I would choreograph on company members. And I was learning more about how to create works and I was getting criticisms and comments about costumes and the way things should be done. I mean, I was preparing for the life that I lead right now. The truth that I was told then about my body and that JB wanted me to make sure I was at my best has not been in vain. And I just want to thank her. I want to thank you, JB, for making a real difference in my life. Now, my next superhero truth teller is uh, Judith Jamison, who happens to be another Philadelphia native. But I met for the first time because of my friendship with, at the time, a very young company member, Matthew Rushing. Um, I was always around him, and he always included me in any way he could while I was finding my way in New York. Matthew made sure Miss Jamison knew my face and knew my name. Now, I remember attending an audition for the Ailey Company, and this was before I had gotten in. Um, as she walked by, we were standing at the bar. She said, hello, Hope. And I died almost, you know, like I was holding on to the bar. There were people around who looked because she spoke to me. And, you know, I, it made me even more nervous, not more secure. But um, I, I, I felt good about that. I was like, oh, she really does know who I am. So I didn't get in that year, but a year later I auditioned again. And this time I wasn't in as good a shape as I'd been in the year before. I was dealing with an injury. I was trying to do and be my best at that audition. I guess things turned out well. I was kept to the very end, but I will never forget this moment. A full week had passed. There was no word on who was hired and who was not. I remember being at the gym and I got a call from Matthew and he told me to find a quiet spot to talk because he had just given Judith Jamison my phone number because she wanted to speak to me. And I said, okay. Now I found a place to sit and I checked my phone battery to make sure I had enough and I waited. You know, the kind of waiting when you, um, when the minutes seem they're the longest they're ever, they've ever been. It's kind of like, like the treadmill minutes. They take forever to pass. Now, finally, the phone rang. She said, hello, this is Judith Jamison. And I said, hello, ma'am. Now, Matthew had already warned me not to say too much because he knew me. He knew how wordy and talkative I am, and he wanted me to be clear and concise and just to listen. And she said, I've been watching you for a couple of years, and I'd like to invite you to be a member of the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. But until you, you are in your absolute best body, there are some ballets you won't be able to perform. And I said, okay, yes, ma'am, thank you, ma'am. I'm so grateful, and maybe some other stuff, but I tried to keep it pretty short. I screamed out loud, I called Matthew back, and then my mom, and then the world. Um, I heard her at that time. I heard her, I heard what she said, but I wasn't really listening. I didn't know what that meant, and I don't think at the time it really mattered. I was now going to be in the Ailey Company. Well, Soon after, it began to make sense. There were certain works that the entire company would be called for, and I was the only one not included. Over time, it began to sting and ache. Let me tell you, I became angry and bitter all over again. But what was a little different about being in Philodango to Ailey was that I was a little older and I had more experience. I had more experience to, to say the things that I meant without offense, or so I thought. So I asked her. 
I told her that I knew she knew I could do some of these roles. I was my whole entire self with her most of the time. I didn't hold anything back. She listened very openly. We closed the door in her office, and I feel like she understood. And she eventually told me that not everything was for everyone and my time would come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I appreciated her for it, but what did it really mean? Very much like I appreciated Joe Myers Brown later, I knew that something was going to come from it. I knew that I would gain from it eventually, but at that moment it didn't make as much sense to me, and it, and it hurt. Um, but here comes the glory in it all. There were works she created for me. There were things that she had intended just for me, roles she knew I would excel in, and those same roles she would push me in them, push me to be better. I was able to speak to her and call her when I was truly upset about something, and she spoke more candidly to me than I could have ever imagined. I was able to choreograph works for the company that helped to propel me in an area of my career I didn't know I really loved the way that I do love it. We spend time together. She's seen my ugly cries. And this woman who seems to have more awards and acknowledgement for her lifetime of contributions to the world of dance. And she has time to tell me when I'm wrong, when I've spoken out of turn, or when I've danced so well she's been the first person to jump up and to applaud. Honesty is something we all say we want, but we don't really like to hear it if it stings or if it comes in a way that may not be as sweet sounding or covered with sugar but between JB and Judy I have formed bonds with women who have not been afraid to tell me the truth they've not been afraid to tell me my truth as it would only help me as it would only advance me and as it would only promote me to be a better hope and the woman who let me know that those two women in particular were some of the best friends or are some of the best friends that I have and have had and will continue to have in my career of dance has been my mother, Audrey Boykin. Now, how dare I speak about my mother in the same topic of discussion as these two other women? Well, those of us who have grown up with determined women, women who fight for what's right, groundbreaking women who have broken barriers and now live for helping others, whether it's a birth mother or a mother who has adopted a child or just a mother figure, we have been fortunate enough to gain insight and knowledge because of the power of those women. Well, my mother is those women. As she was born in Durham, North Carolina to loving parents, and she was the oldest of three and the first to set an example of going to college and um, attributing excellence to the family that most certainly is trickled down through her siblings. Uh, my mother is, again, another superhero, the third of my superhero topic of truth-telling women. She graduated from high school at 15 and college from 18. And then she began to teach in the public school system when she was 19. Add that up, I know, it sounds crazy, but it's true. Now, as a science and math teacher, I wondered if she would ever have envisioned the impact she would have on a community of people. But she soon was promoted to assistant or vice principal, I forget what they were called at the time. And then she developed and directed um, the city of Durham's summer enrichment program, which she led for several years before working and was promoted again to principal of two of Durham's most effective elementary schools. 
Upon retirement, my mom had educated so many students uh, of Durham, North Carolina. She was honored time and time again for her diligence and perseverance and her love for education. And that very thing, that love of education is one of the things that she's passed down to me. Sharing and giving all she had to make sure no student was lost or left out or left behind to the best of her ability has been an example to me in how I try to educate my students and anyone who might come into a classroom or a rehearsal studio. Now, I'm sure you're wondering what else. Again, it must be easy to talk about someone who's been this type of leader. But what I don't think my mother truly realizes is just how impactful she has been on the world. You see, whenever I take a step on stage, I owe my mother. Whenever I set foot from an airplane onto a new land, new territory, in a new country, I take my mother's lessons and influences with me. Yes, she is everything many mother figures are, which also means she drives me completely crazy most days of the week. But if I could have chosen my mother, I most definitely would choose Audrey Boykin again and again and again. Now, our latter years together, in our latter years together, we are learning to disagree and laugh about it. We are finding new ways to communicate, and we are growing in our experiences and love for one another. But what I can most definitely stand firm on is the fact that my mother has changed the world by giving birth to me and naming me Hope. She and my father pushed me and pressed me to be the best and taught me that I could forge through all manner of things because of their hard work. But again, as the official legal recognition of Black History Month comes to an end and the celebration of Women's History Month is moments away, I celebrate my mom. I celebrate a woman who has made sacrifices. I celebrate a woman who really thinks of me first, even though sometimes I think her thoughts of me first seem selfish, like we often do. Well, you're just thinking that you want me to be this type of person. Well, she wants me to be better than she was. She wants me to travel further than she had traveled. She wants me to represent myself, which really does represent her. As I continue to celebrate my mom, Joan Myers Brown and Judith Jamison for being stern, honest, loving, truthful examples of strength and power in my life, I celebrate all mother figures, all mentors, all powerful black women who have helped carve and create a space for me and not just me, but for so many others to see that anything is possible. I hope that you have some truth tellers in your life that you are able to actually say thank you to them. I am so grateful for Judith Jamison, for Joan Myers Brown, and for Audrey Boykin, my mom, who have taught me so much about what I am capable of. And although the world makes demands on us to be like what we see around us, I was taught by these special women that I am exactly enough, that I am beautifully and wonderfully made, and wanting to be my best and them wanting to be my best is really what's important. Not someone else, not someone else's body, but me and my best self. Oh, and as I always say, <laughs> there is nothing impossible for God. So you can do anything. You can possibly, you can absolutely do anything 
through and with him. So until next time, thank you for being a part of another Hopeful Moments podcast. <laughs>